Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game, Rules by Chaosin. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try hard to stick to reasonable languages for all ages, listeners should know that this is a podcast that may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., may bear resemblance to persons living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Alright, so we're back. Raise the curtain tonight on a bit of a special episode. We have some post things to do. Uh, We've wrapped up our previous uh, storyline a little bit. We've managed to relatively survive the uh, meatpacking facilities and the subsequent horrors that went on underground. And now we're going to shine a light on the next day. So I'm going to start with introductions as always. I am your your keeper, Michael Diamond. Uh, to my right. Uh, yes, this is Lonnie. I will be playing today, once again, the continuing adventures of Lawrence Edward Oliver Forsyth. Civil engineer and gunshot victim. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And opposite him. Uh, Tiffany playing Maeve O'Shea, who is recovering from insanity. Temporary insanity. Yes. But insanity nonetheless. So, Mr. Forsyth, you go home. Do I go home? You go home after all of the events. You manage to get a full day's rest. You sleep and sleep and sleep some more. I presume I presume uh, Dr. Tot- von Tottenbach uh, did a little bit of, of work on my various... Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> he helped you with your maladies a bit. I understand you were probably wounded, if memory serves correctly. I was wounded. Um, um, he did perform medicine on you. Yes. So you've gotten back some of that. Mm-hmm. And then with a full day's rest, um, you'll have healed another two points. Okay. So, hopefully you're a bit more on the mend after a full day's rest. I'm mostly mended. Um. Good. The day you wake, you're not really sure until you see the morning paper. It's a Wednesday. Yes. And it's been some time since you last woke up at your own home and simply walked out onto the porch and got the paper. But there it is. And it it trips a memory for you. And that memory is there was something before all this craziness started that you were supposed to do. Well, I mean, I had a job that I was supposed to go to, but that was put on hold by the unfortunate events at the KISS. But is there anything in the paper about, about Sammy coming forward? Um, it hasn't hit the paper yet, and it's now been a couple of days. Mm. Um, but they're not, the paper's no longer discussing the story. They've moved on to other stories. There isn't even a, a, a section deeper in the paper where they're talking about it. You have no, you rifle through the paper, but you don't see any sign of the story. This is almost like it was just a, a strange fever dream. Perhaps. You do see that 
Flag is up on your uh, mailbox. I uh, retrieve the mail. Okay. It's been a, a couple of days. There is a letter in there, it seems like, which you have in front of you. Mm-hmm. I take it inside. I sit down at my uh, reading desk, and I open the letter, and it is from an Ernesto Lazio, Esquire. Now, Lazio is somebody that you ran into. Yes, I, I, I met him. He uh, seemed a pleasant individual. We had drinks. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, (laughs) had I been a sober man, I probably would have been much better off. (laughs) It's quite possible, yes. (laughs) So I get this letter. Dear Mr. Forsyth, I was happy to hear that you were free of your entanglements and available for employment by my benefactor, Colonel McCormick, who was himself pleased to learn of your expertise in the field of architecture and building, including your extensive work on the Panama Canal. He is ready to bring your skills to bear on this most triumphant project. The Colonel is most interested to meet you formally and receive you at his current offices to discuss the matter of your specifics on this project, one which he believes is best kept in the highest of secrecies. Please arrive no later than 10 a.m. on Wednesday the 28th at 451 South Dearborn Street. Oh dear, what time is it? 7.30 a.m. Uh, yes, I shall quickly... Um, I shall quickly uh, make make do to uh, clean myself up and make myself presentable. Mm-hmm. Put on a put on a decent suit, not just a working suit. Sure. And make sure all my firearms are stowed away. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I did that before I went to bed. I'm sure I did. I'm sure I didn't leave anything like. Of course not. You'd never. Of course, responsible gun holder. And with my best walking stick in hand. I shall uh, get in my car and drive to the appointment. Okay. Now, you're somewhat familiar with the uh, the downtown area, especially Dearborn. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been, in, as a local, you've been here more than a few times. Maybe not this specific building. Right. You know, but you have been in the area. Yeah. And uh, you know that parts of the Tribune Company exist as offices in this building. And just from reading the paper and being kind of up on uh, the soon-to-be constructed building, you know that uh, this is somewhat of a temporary office for them as they uh, get ready to... Right, but this this construction project will take a couple of years. Yeah, it's scheduled to take a few years, true. Um, in fact, you would have been aware that uh, only just a month or two ago, they put in a plant at the location for the... Uh, making and construction of the actual foundation. Yes. So there's actually a plant on site that's going to produce a lot of the construction materials. Well, my job won't be in that direction. My job will be more in guiding the various workers that I find to assist in the construction, however we're ordered. Right. Absolutely. The building itself is... Another beautiful limestone project that was probably put up uh, 40 or 50 years ago here in the downtown area. Mm-hmm. Um, you see all sorts of architectural uh, nods to the times that it was put up in. Um, nice casement windows and vaulted ceilings. The uh, architecture inside is maybe not as beautiful as some of the other buildings down there, but you know that from what, at least from what has the impression has been made to the public, 
the the actual Tribune building is going to be something that that the city's never seen before. Oh yes, I've I've seen the uh, proposed sketches. The proposed sketches are quite daunting. Yes, this will be a beautiful place. You walk to a receptionist in the round. It's a big, heavy, circular oak desk that seems to be sitting somewhat in the central area of the main foyer. And uh, she looks up to you and says, uh, good morning, sir. Uh, good morning. Uh, I have a appointment to see uh, uh, Colonel McCormick. Oh, of course. Uh, one moment. Uh, my name is, if, if uh, anyone needs, my name is Forsa. Uh, oh, of course. Of course. Yes, I have you written down here. You're early. That's good. Thank you. She turns and uh, rings a bell. Mm-hmm. You see a uh, young boy. Um, kind of pop out from a back office and run up the table and she says to him uh, John run upstairs and let uh, let the colonel know that his guest is here the boy nods and you see him shoot up and into a stairway you know uh, I have to apologize we're on messenger service at this point it's quite fine ma'am it's a good exercise for the boys if you'll just take a seat over there and I do. <laughs> you see a couple of different um, papers. There's a, a New American magazine that's here. It's not a new publication per se, but it's available. I can't remember what the colonel's uh, policy on smoking would be, so I refrain. There's probably not an issue with it, you wouldn't imagine. I, I don't know it, and uh, I would rather make a, a better first impression, because I know that there are some people who don't approve. <laughs> Uh, a couple of minutes goes by, and the young lad comes down, and then you uh, see her look over your direction. He'll be with you in just a moment. Thank you. Miss O'Shea. Yes. You are blissfully unaware of anything close to consciousness for a good long while. You're woke only by what sounds like seagulls. And it starts slow at first. There's one and then maybe two. And then you start to hear a whole cacophony of seagulls. And when you finally force your eyelids open, you see that you've left part of the bedroom window cracked. And it looks like there's a small gathering of them on the building nearby. Okay, I'll uh, get up and go shut the window. Yeah. You get up and go shut the window. It's it's hard to remember what day it is. You're a little bit weary still from everything that happened this past weekend. Rightly so. Yeah, I don't really have any plans. <laughs> you, you've sent most of the stuff off that needed to be sent for laundering service, mostly because of the smell of sulfur. Right. But it still seems to cling to your skin, even after a couple of different baths. It's very heavy. At least for you. Um, maybe that's because it's stuck in your nostrils or something like that. But It's Wednesday morning. You come to the summation after seeing the morning paper. What's in the paper? Not much of consequence, really. At least as far as your standards go. There does seem to be uh, a couple of bylines about mostly political musings of what's going on in Washington and 
the monkey trial. <laughs> it's coming about this, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I'm going to make some coffee. <laughs> That'll smell better. <laughs> Undoubtedly. You make some coffee. and Maybe after, some toast. After making some coffee and a bit of breakfast, you finally sit down and try to get a... Wrap your hands around just everything that went on. And there on the table nearby is Swift's journal. And your eyes focus on it for just a moment. And you remember the feel of its leather edges and some of the strange etchings and workings inside of it. And you know you haven't tapped everything that's in it. You know it's going to take study. But you also remember that somewhere out there, far, far east from here, your mother is in an asylum. And even when your body and your mind might want a moment's more of rest, you're not really sure that you're going to get that chance. No, I need to uh, check up on on her. Uh, she was... Where is she now? She's been moved to Arkham. Oh, that's right. She's actually moved to Arkham some time ago. Yeah, longer than I... Basically, I wasn't notified and she was moved. You were not. She's been there for some time. So, um, I guess I'm going to maybe see what I can do for making arrangements to maybe uh, take a train. Okay. Um, Um, Taking a train is not out of the question. It's probably the easiest way of getting there, at least in the current in the 1923 mm-hmm. methods that you could use. You could take a car. Obviously, it would be a long drive. And it would probably take you three to four times as long to drive there. And it would cost way more. Oh, absolutely. So, train. <laughs> I'm going to see what what the schedule's like and, um, yeah, make arrangements and maybe leave uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I can sort myself out today, get packed, you know, and then make a trip. Okay. Uh, you begin kind of bustling about the house and, and you call the, through the operator, call the train service and talk to them. And they said there is a morning train. It leaves at six. Could have you into the Boston area probably by Friday. Okay. If not, maybe sooner. It all depends, given the stops and etc. We tell you it would cost about forty dollars. Okay. To get from Chicago to there, and then from Boston, you have to take a separate train that would take you to Arkham. Okay. During your um, morning, about mid morning, uh, you go through and take out the trash and come back, and you see that you have uh, your the flag is up on your mailbox. Go check my mail then. Check your mail. All right. So I have a box. You do have a box. It's black with uh, a bit of red, looks like yarn or string that wraps around it. And a letter with a seal. You got smells. Now the letter itself is in a beige brown envelope and the seal looks like it's been done by uh, red wax. Right. I have stars and things on it. It does seem to be some sort of symbol on it. 
Alright. Gonna open it up right there. Yep. Okay. Because I'm like, what is this? I'm gonna look at the letter as I walk inside, basically. Try not to hit my face on the door. <laughs> you manage not to um, damage your face with the door and get inside. And, like haphazardly kick the door shut behind me. Right. Seems to be a piece of brown parchment. Okay. What's it say? It says, okay. I cannot say good day to you as we may never meet. What concerns you now is what lays at your feet. Heed this warning should you pursue it. Keep searching. There's always something more to it. In a tomb there lies an ancient text to show the way to the game that you will come to play. In this war, both chariot and page show their heart to ensure victory, though they they be miles apart. Tarry not in foolish ends. Make thy change strong and true. For surely the enemy seeks to build their army too. R.F. Hmm. Okay. Well, then I'll sit down at the table with this little box. Okay. And open it. What's in the box? Sorry, it had to be said. It did have to be said. And there is a little stone figure of an elephant. Yeah, the stone looks like it's um, soapstone, maybe. Okay. All right. The box is fairly small. It almost seems inconsequential. Hmm. There's nothing to the box. It's simply a... The one we have at the table here for those uh, for our listeners is a bit of a ring box, but the box she has is just very simple. Hmm. Interesting. I guess I'm going to look back outside. Like, yeah. I mean, who knows how long it's been there, but... You open up your door and you give a long, slow look around the street. I mean, you see housewives doing some sweeping. You mm-hmm. see a car go past. You don't see any kids. It's a Wednesday, so they're definitely in school. Or working. Or working, <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah, there doesn't seem to be... I mean, there's no, there's no strange man staring back at you right. from across the street or anything, right? Um, so, but yeah. That's what you got. Well, I will uh, put that in my um, satchel of things, like with my books and stuff that mm-hmm. is coming with me. Sure. Um, basically, that I carry with me all the time. Um, and uh, can I think of anything like an like that a stone elephant would signify? Yeah. I mean, there are many potential. You know, there are many potential things you could draw from an elephant, right? So traditionally, uh, elephants are considered wise because they live a long... They're also they, a fertility symbol in some places. In some places, they are a fertility symbol, right? And they never forget. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well? Well, to me, it sounds like an invitation to keep searching for what I'm searching for. 
But I don't have time for that right now. It is going to have to wait. Well, at least that's what I tell myself because last time it didn't and I didn't have chance. <laughs> didn't have a choice. <laughs> no, you did not. You did not have a choice. It kind of came front and center. Yeah. As all troubling things eventually do. I'm going to uh, try and, uh, you know, hold on to this. Like I said, keep it with me in case anything else comes up. And I can refer back to the letter and with the elephant and uh, start, keep, like, make sure I clean up my house, get my laundry. It's, it's going to take you probably the better part of the day to prepare the house and, and then pack all the right. things that you're going to need. So you'll be a little busy for the next few hours just kind of doing the rudimentary uh, cleaning, as it were. Mr. Forsyth? You head upstairs via the elevator. Okay. Uh, you find it a bit odd that they have the messenger boy use the stairs uh, just for a moment, and then you realize that the elevator is not very large. No. If it's maybe three people. Yeah. It's the uh, elevator attendant ushers you in, and then he closes the gate for you, and then he turns the hand crank from the ground floor all the way to the top floor. Mm. Deep nervous breath. <laughs> you take a very very strange ride up. Yeah. Uh, unless you are very often in elevators at this age, at this time, they're probably a little bit strange. They're open-faced, right? Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so uh, you get to see all sorts of fun things. Uh, but when you get up to the top floor, uh, he opens the gate for you and then extends his hand out like and now your floor. Step. carpeted floor oh absolutely mm. you step out into what looks like kind of a grand office area um, there's a receptionist or like some sort of personal secretary that and then a, a main set of oak double doors that leads deeper in Okay. I don't see the stairs, do I? The staircase? The, the exit for the staircase? It's to your left. Okay. I feel sorry for that poor child having to run up and down those stairs like that. Well, it's it's better than starving. The uh, young lady who is behind the desk, Miles, and says, Come right in, Mr. Forsyth. Uh, the colonel is waiting for you. Thank you. Um, I look about for a place to set my hat. Oh, absolutely. Hat rack. Yeah. There's a hat rack. She asks you if you need anything, if you would require any. Oh, uh, no, thank you. And inside I go to see the great man. You head inside these massive oak doors. Um, the office area, if it could be called an office, is something the size of your house. Yeah. Uh, there's a wide uh, kind of... It's not a hallway. It's more of a lead-in towards this office. And you see bookshelves. And you see war memorials. You see pictures. Printed uh, newspaper prints from stuff that the colonel wrote mm-hmm. when he was a war correspondent. Um, just a bevy of tokens and baubles from all over the world. Because uh, he did travel pretty extensively. Yes, he did. Um, at the far end, there is a grand set of windows that look out on Chicago. Now, this building's not very high up in, in, you know, in comparison to what the Tribune Tower will be. Yes. Uh, but it's a pretty nice view of yes. the downtown Chicago area. There is a wide, wide desk 
which there is a two, there are two men. Uh, one is at the desk and one is beside him. The man on the left you recognize as Laszlo. Laszlo. And the man at the desk you recognize from pictures and from the news. I uh, step inside. You hear Laszlo at the end of the office call for, call for you a bit. Force it! Come on! I step forward. It looks like, for the most part, the colonel is writing something. He seems to be deep or very specific in what he's doing in front of him. Okay. Laszlo strides across the office and extends his hand and shakes his hand. Good to see you again. Yeah, absolutely good to see you. Glad to see you could make it. Come on in. He immediately heads over to, uh, not a lectern, but pretty close to it, where there's a box of cigars. Mm-hmm. And he uh, offers you a I, cigar. Uh, please, thank you. He picks one out for you. There you are. Mm-hmm. He got a cutter. He does. Okay. Cut it. Wow. See a, a push lamp lighter mm-hmm. on the colonel's desk he brings over. I uh, light up. You see the uh, colonel finish with his uh, work with the pen, and then he puts it back in his pen holder, kind of sets aside what he was writing. And he sits back and stretches a bit. So you're Forsyth, huh? Yes, sir. I don't suppose the introdu- any introductions is necessary on my part. No, sir. <laughs> That's all right. McCormick. He shakes your hand. Good to meet you. It's my honor. Nah. Just the kind of man I need on this project. Someone who's been in the thick of it. It's a, it's a grand project. I'll be I'll be happy to I'll be happy to do whatever I can to help you uh, have it come about. Laszlo told me you were on on the canal project. I was. I was a uh, civilian adjunct, uh, fresh out of uh, school. Hmm. We heard all sorts of stories what went on down there. It was breathtaking and it was awful. But you're quite familiar with that sort of thing. Yes, uh, I have unfortunately had the uh, opportunity to see all manner of unfortunate incidents. But uh, all that should be behind us now. We're we're looking forward to seeing the tower, Tribune Tower, go up and be a shining example of what Chicago is. Any way I can help in that? Well, I have something that I need done. The foundation of the tower itself is uh, is already begun. In fact, in some of these places, it's. Uh, preparing to cure here in the next few nights. And I've actually managed to acquire several pieces of stonework from amazing places. All sorts of amazing monuments across the world. I've, I've gone into a few of them. And I want to set them, some of them, into the foundation itself. Now, the papers, they, they know about some of this stuff, but uh, I'm going to be putting out uh, what, uh, what Laszlo here might call as a stuff for the rubes to look at. The stoneworks that come from the Great Wall of China and from the Vatican, stuff like that, it'll say that it's from there, but 
the real stuff will be down in the foundation in this kind of founder's landing that I'm building down there. What I need is a man that can set those in place properly and be there to make sure that they cure in place without anybody making off with them. Mm. You see Laszlo kind of step in a bit. Listen, the thing is, the colonel got word that maybe somebody might be interested in trying to reacquire some of the pieces that he's gotten a hold of. What we're a little bit concerned about is, um, well, to be honest, petty theft. And we can't put the cops onto it because half the Chicago PD is on somebody else's payroll these days. The Pinkertons? We considered it. McCormick cuts in. We honestly considered the Pinkertons, sure. But what I want is an inside man. I want someone we're paying who's going to be vested in the project. So after this is all done, you move back onto your form and work like normal. Okay? But this thing has got to be done. Okay, so... Out of character. Um, yeah. I'm not exactly sure about how long the curing process would take or what sort of crew I would need to basically help handle security for this. So it really all depends on exactly what he's... You would need more information yes. to know, okay, how big of a space are we talking about? The foundation for most buildings to get them to set is going to be more than a single night. Oh, yeah. It's going to take it's going to take days for a foundation to cure. Right. Sometimes it takes weeks, depending on the type of building materials, the size of the foundation, the weather, etc. Right. That being said, you would just need more information from him about the overall project itself, specifics. Because it sounds like... You haven't gotten all of those yet. No, I ha- no, I have not. Um, I I would mention to the colonel that uh, while uh, I am certain to give my best effort at this, are there any plans, any schematics I can look at? Absolutely, you'll get a full set of drawings before you leave the room. <laughs> the idea will be that you'll go down there into the foundation since it's not completely cured and we'll set these stones in properly and once they're set all you've got to do is make sure they stay there until the process is fully cured do i have a crew you will have a crew of men so i've got five men that'll help me fan out over the area and do their best to make sure that nothing fouls the area this could take several days it might, but it's critical for the process. Is there any other additional security on the site itself? Well, the, the plant that's cooking up all the uh, building materials for me has got its own people. And they'll be in the area. They just won't be down in the space that you're in. Mm. Given the amount of secrecy that you want on this, I don't suppose subcontracting is, is an option either. You see the colonel look look you dead in the eye. Are you drumming up a way to say no? No, sir. I'm trying to 
I'm trying to see if I can recruit additional people on top of the crew that you have. Listen, you can bring anybody in you want. I got two rules I got to adhere to. One, they can't say anything about it for the rest of their life. And two, you're going to have to pay them out of your paycheck, at least temporarily. I see. We can do this. This is not hard. Good. Good. Good to hear. Laszlo will get you the plans that you need. Now, he kind of collects the papers. I have a meeting with the mayor that I have to get to. He closes his uh, folder. Thank you, Colonel. It was good to meet you. It was my pleasure. Let me know when you're uh, all set. Yes, sir. He gets up and takes his hat from the uh, desk beside him and then kind of confidently strides directly out of the room, leaving you and Laszlo to uh, enjoy the office. So I turn to Laszlo and I say, uh, thank you for making sure I was still in consideration of the job. I was worried about that for quite a while. <laughs> I'm just glad that the whole business with whatever went on is all over with. Uh, it was damn silly of the cops to try to pinch us both in that anyways. But Chicago PD is always looking for a fault guy. Yes. Now, I'll get you a copy of what you need. You go there tonight. They'll uh, they'll be bringing in the stones for delivery. You set them up, right? You're going to have to work a little bit of a graveyard shift, but you probably had to do that before. And then uh, hopefully in a day or two this is all over with, and then we can get you on to the, the next part of the project. Yes, sir. All right? Enjoy the cigar. What kind of stones are they? Oh, actually, they're, they're pretty interesting. So, he goes into a nearby set of drawers and brings out a couple of set drawings. He spreads them out over the table. We got a stone directly from the Great Wall in China. We got a stone from the Vatican. We got a stone from the Leaning Tower in Pisa. They're all over, stuff from all over the world. The idea is, is that the stones from these great buildings are going to help lay the foundation of the Tribune Tower. I'm not going to say it out loud, but that sounds like it could be a future recipe for disaster, frankly. <laughs> because there are all sorts of different types of stones, uh, all with different characteristics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could be part of the foundation, but... When you see the drawings that he shows you, mm-hmm. you realize what the stones are. Is They're not actually part of the physical foundation itself. It looks like he wants you, the, the colonel wants you to set them into the fascia of the foundation of the building. <laughs> and let them cure around it. Yeah. So that way it's not totally and wholly and completely uh, in line with the foundation, but sits almost uh, uh, embossed out of it. Okay, that's... That is interesting. Uh, how big of an area is this going to cover? Uh, it's actually not that big. So the uh, the overall space itself is, uh, as far as wall space, or a uh, space that you'll be working in, is probably 20 by 30. It's basically right under where, from what you see on the plans, where the main entrance to the Tribune Tower will be. Okay. Um, what time do they want me down there? Well, it looks like after the day work crews are done. So that's probably a good 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. 
So I've got some time before that. Absolutely. More than a time to go back and change and get into work clothes. Get into work clothes. Get your tools. Take a nap. Yeah. Because if it's going to be an overnighter or a multi-nighter... <laughs> You're going to need your sleep. Yep. Absolutely. I will probably be sleeping on the site if it's multi-days. And I will probably be sleeping right there. <laughs> Most likely. Yeah. So I'll get used to some rough sleeping. It'll be fine. Miss O'Shea, during your preparation for your trip to Arkham, mm-hmm. uh, I assume that you're going to need a ride to the train station. Yeah. So are you calling Jimmy? Yeah. Ahead of time? Okay. He mentions on the phone that he has to talk to Mr. Doyle about something. Okay. Uh, it's a It's a job we might have for Mr. Doyle or I might be able to help him out with. Okay. Do you know where he might be? No. If he's not at his office, no, I really can't say. Oh, he might be with the doctor. You think? I don't know. I I really, he said he was still looking for a missing woman. So, I don't know, I, he could be anywhere. I haven't really kept in, you know, I haven't talked to him in a little while, so. Okay. Um, but if I see him, I will let him know that you need to speak to him. Um, and then I can let you know tomorrow morning when you arrive whether or not I've seen him or I know where he's at. Sure. And you, you're going to the train station? Yes. So I'm not going to see you for a while, huh? Yeah, for a little bit. I got a, I got a family situation to deal with. Hmm. Trust me, I understand that. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll see you in the morning then. Okay. Thank you. Hmm? How are you planning on spending the balance of the day then, besides the cleaning? and Pretty much just taking it easy. Um, I might go to the books and uh, look up stuff pertaining to the gift I got. Okay. You know, like, if there's any... Obs- like, I'm looking specifically, like, to me, so, like, uh, things in the order or things that pertain to, you know, something, you know, the stuff that we just dealt with. I'll even look in um, Swift's uh, tome to see, you know, not that I think it's related, but at this point, I'm kind of thinking everything's, like, tied in because, you know, why not? Well... Most of the stuff that you have documented in your libraries or in your father's library that you inherited, a lot of the, since elephants normally come from Africa Mm -hmm. uh, and even India in some cases, there's a lot of different stories about elephants, but a majority of them deal at least a little bit with um, their overall longevity. They seem to have an almost cooperative spirit. So there's a lot of ways that you could take this as an omen, right? Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of gods that are portrayed. Obviously, Ganesh is a huge mm-hmm. elephant god. Uh, he's probably the probably the most well-known uh, Hindu god that you can think of. Well, where's Soapstone? Not that I would know, but it would maybe I have reference material. Where would Soapstone be... More prevalently found. You would probably have to have a little natural history for something like that, or, or world, a natural world rule. You take one of those if you'd like. 
Yeah, I can try natural world. Not that I have much, but I will try. Oh, that is a negative. Hmm. I think the biggest thing you probably know about soapstone is that it comes in a lot of colors. Okay. So that is something to also consider. Uh, the other thing that's it kind of pings your mind too about, especially when you talk about the elephant itself, uh, you're talking about in reference to Ganesh. Uh, Ganesh is often invoked in the beginning of quests or in the beginning of uh, okay. events, right? So it's something for good luck. So if the whoever sent this to you, if they're trying to evoke Ganesh, or if this is some sort of strange little bobble that's in dedication to Ganesh, maybe they see it as a, a blessing on the journey. Although the letter had a bit of foreboding in it from what you read. Yeah, yeah, it really did. It, like, was, you know, telling me it was a warning and that, you know, I, uh, you know, need to keep looking. So, I don't know. Unless it's saying, you know, this is, I've just seen the tip of the iceberg well, with all the craziness. You do find it strange that the letter made its way to you just days after everything with the meatpacking company. Right, which is why I'm still thinking about it, which is why, to me, everything is still connected, considering the people at Dunning and how they were connected. And that's, you know, and that's some distance and that's some, you know. Yeah, that's true. I guess the the thing you remember about the folks at Dunning was uh, they were cultists. And right. cultists that you faced not only there, but also faced uh, in the depths of you mm-hmm. know, Swift's secret place. And they didn't send you little soapstone figures. That's true. Um, they tried to kill you. Right. So there is a bit of a difference there, uh, just in their uh, but the delivery. I'm, but to me, it would it would signify that there are more people involved than you might think. So who knows? But so far, that's what you've drawn from it. Okay. In, in the in the times that you've had a chance to, to take a look at it. Yeah, otherwise I'm just going to rest and try and be as well rested for the morning as I can. Okay. So, Mr. Forsyth, you decide to go back, get cleaned up, take a nap. You're prepared and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And when it's time, you head down to the construction site and you have your tools and other such uh, potential oddities along the way. Yes? What are you bringing down there? Well, um, I will be bringing down my electric torch. Makes sense. I will also bring my field glasses, because that might be useful. Probably not, but I never know. One never knows. Oh, wait. Uh, My pocket knife. Mm -hmm. I will carry my revolver. I will also have my brass knuckles in one pocket. Okay. Just in case, because, you know... If ruffians do decide to set set upon me, I will be (laughs) uh, ready for them. Sure. My crowbar, my electrician's gloves, my tool belt. Okay, so you bring some equipment in. That's fair. Yep. Yep. So when you get to the site itself, Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely a construction site. They've opened quite a mighty pit in the earth. But it does look like kind of what you expected. Uh, It looks like a massive hole has been dug in the ground. And now... I don't mean by an irregular hole. Obviously, it's been marked out as a foundation. It's oh, yeah. It's very well ordered. Very, very well ordered there. There is that plant on site. 
So the plant itself is physically nearby the location, like within a hundred or so feet of the actual foundation. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there is work going on in and around the area. Mm -hmm. But it looks like for the most part, they have covered and kind of cordoned off certain places Mm -hmm. because they don't want the public just wandering around in there. They've also erected basically a, a wood fence. Yeah. A, a large, tall wood fence around the area, and you mm-hmm. have to get let in by one of the workers there. Mm-hmm. But with inside of that fence line, uh, you can see that this foundation that they've laid that's curing is um, well, it's it's a something. This is this is quality work. Oh yeah, serious build project too. Mm-hmm. Um, you meet uh, meet up with uh, one of the foremen that's on site. He introduces himself. He introduces himself as Timothy Mays. He's a uh, probably about five eleven or so, uh, short cropped hair, uh, kind of uh, small circular spectacles. He doesn't seem like a man that works with his hands. He seems like a man that works with drawings. Yeah, an architect. Yeah. That's, that's what who I would expect to be running things around here. I know my role, and I know his role, and I'm glad to see that somebody of a more professional manner is um, in charge of things. He takes you into uh, the, he says, the office tent mm-hmm. and kind of walks you there. It's uh, it's literally a World War One tent yeah. that they've set up on site with uh, tables and lights and whatnot. Well, this is familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard from Laszlo that uh, they were sending you down. Uh, of the, uh, He said he's got a couple of boxes that are coming down. Yes, and I supposedly have a crew available to me. Some men. Yeah, there's some some men who are willing to stay over the night here with you. Okay. They'll be yours to do whatever it is that you need. I don't really know a whole lot about what the colonel wants done. I I suppose that you know that. I do. All right. I mean, everything here at the tent is yours to use if you need. I don't plan on stepping. I, I I don't I don't think it it'll have any impact on operations. Good to know. So. Good to know. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll be back uh, in the morning. I mean, you're back pretty early. So, 5, 6 o'clock. I try to get in before anybody monkeys with anything, you understand? Yeah, of course. And some of these guys... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like fingers. Yeah. Pretty much. Yep. Well, uh, have a good evening. Well, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Mays. Mr. Mays kind of walks out of the tent and tips his hat to you and then walks beyond the construction uh, and- wall and gate and... Heads home. Heads home for the night. I go outside to meet the crew. Uh, you see a kind of a small group, four or five guys. Uh, looks to be yeah, looks to be five, and they're uh, they're dressed to definitely to work. Um, it looks like some of them have had uh, already done some work today, mm-hmm. but they're willing to stay over. Did, were, what were they told about staying over? lead man, his name is Gus, he uh, speaks with a bit of a southern drawl. He says, uh, Sir, we're here as long as you need us. I understand. Um, thank you. They're supposed to be um, delivering some boxes here, and then yes. I have some work to do. The main thing is is um, they want basically to make sure that nobody disturbs the work that's being done. All right, so, so you're not to be disturbed? Just let me do do the work and mm-hmm. more keep people out. I understand. So I'll have 
a couple of men stand over there and then a couple here on the north side as well. And then uh, I might have one man at the gate. That sounds excellent. And uh, I'll be here. Uh, he points over towards the where the stairs, fashion stairs that go down to the actual foundational bottom level. Oh, uh, Lord. I'll, I'll be standing over here in case you need anything, you can call for me. Thank you. Thanks, Gus. It should be easy. It almost might be too much, but then again, the colonel has concerns, and when the colonel has concerns, everyone has concerns. <laughs> yes, that's true. He turns to the rest of the workers. He says, all right, man, now you two go over there, and anybody tries to get in, you let them know that nobody's allowed in. And when he says nobody's allowed in, he literally pats his the side of his belt where there's a hammer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, it seems like Gus gets the message around to most of the workers pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, they they seem to understand what their role is in yeah. all this. Okay, so I wait for the boxes, and then I look at the hole. So about an hour or so later, so we're talking on to about 6 o'clock, yep. a delivery truck shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of the guys plus Gus open up the fence line, and the truck backs in. Mm-hmm. When it backs in, a couple of workers get out. And they unload a shipping crate, an actual wood shipping crate. Uh, so it's probably about three foot by three foot. Okay. Square. And they set it down near kind of the landing zone where the tent is. They pull up the truck, and then after the drop-off, they take off. The, the, your, fence, is yeah, the fence is replaced, and then continuity is, is secure again. This box is fairly heavy, though. Um, Looks like it, yeah. Is there any uh, equipment here to lower stuff down into the foundation? Absolutely. Is there a place to safely layer the, lo- load the stuff down? Because I know that the foundation is curing right now. So I assume that there's a safe landing spot dug in down there. Why don't you give me uh, an architecture roll? Sure. Uh, not so much architecture as engineering. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Engineering works. Uh, I'm going to spend some luck. <laughs> I didn't miss by much, but okay. I much want luck are you to spending? make this. I am spending seven. Ooh, yeah, wow. it's a big spend, but this is important. Sure. Well, you take a gauge of the foundational area, and you realize that the first spot that you could go down at, if you had picked it, it probably would not have ended very well for you. Right. Um, So after a good bit of scouting, say maybe 10 or 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. you find a point that is pretty close to where you need to be at the end. Right. That you're fairly certain and confident that you could move in that area without disturbing the hearing process. Before I lower it down, Mm -hmm. I want to... Open the crate enough to look at the stones and see how heavy they are. Okay. You're going to need a crowbar to open the crate. Right. I have a crowbar. (laughs) You do. Uh, So you start kind of working at it. Um, You're working at it for probably, I don't know, a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And you you can tell that Gus is watching you work. Yeah. Because he's interested in seeing what's in the crate, undoubtedly. Absolutely. I think uh, discretion is the better part of valor. I stop working on the crate and I go, okay, we'll just get it in the hole and then I'll deal with it there. 
You want us to yeah. help move it over? Yep. He calls a couple of guys over, and they hoist this crate. Uh, it does appear, at least from the what they're exerting, it does appear to be fairly heavy. I assume you're assisting them. Oh, yeah, as absolutely. Well. Um, you get in, in a position on uh, one of these kind of dolly elevators that yep. they have for, for moving up product mm-hmm. uh, or uh, yep. construction materials. And it looks like it looks like you've got a, a decent spot picked out now. Yep. So lower it into the hole and yep. uh, then go down myself. I assume there's a there's scaffolding or absolutely. Or, mm-hmm. So there's tons of scaffolding. Um, they have in certain areas here. They have very thin single boards to walk on. Yep. Just to make sure that the actual pressure points are relatively. Spread out. Spread out. Yep. Standard. Yeah. All right, down I go. You go down into I'm, the into the hole. I'm, again. Yeah. Uh, the nice part about this one, though, is uh, when you get down here, everything is wide open. I mean, minus a couple of columns or what look like are going to be foundational pillars for higher floors, most of this is way less cramped than the last hole you were in. And it doesn't feel as claustrophobic at all. Mm. It is dark, though. Yeah. Are there lanterns down here? There are lanterns down here. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like a couple of lanterns Mm -hmm. so I can see what I'm doing? They illuminate probably a good 5 or 10 foot area or so between um, each one that you light. You get a little bit of uh, ambient light. You can get over to the, Mm -hmm. the crate itself and start cranking on it with your crowbar a little bit more until it opens up. Okay, and I look inside and I see the a bunch, stones. A bunch of hay, yes, and stones. How, how heavy are the stones? I picked well, them up experimentally. Uh, some of them are a couple of pounds. Some of them are five or ten pounds. They're all different weights. Yeah, but, um, nothing, but nothing that needs, like, multiple men to move. No, 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 nothing that would need multiple men to move. You can move each one of these stones by yourself. Okay. So I will begin the arduous task of setting each one exactly as on the schematic. You get the plans back out, and you begin looking over the plans. Yep. And you realize that you're going to have to take each one of these stones and basically stage it in the area. Yep. And then move into that specific spot, set it, and then move to the next one. Right. So, and of course, my lights don't reach quite that far. No, they don't. Or, so you're going to need to either... Find a way to move light towards that area, or you're going to basically have to strap a lantern to your butt and uh, work like that. I have a torch. You do. Yeah, I'm just going to have to take the torch and, and go around. And okay. Just take each one and put it at its proper station, and then make one circle to to place them. Yep. And then make one circle to set them. Okay. The process of getting them to the locations, getting them unpacked and ready, prepared with the plans, all that stuff being exactly as you are takes about an hour. Yeah. So by the time you're ready to set, you know overhead if you were exposed to if you were exposed to the sunlight, there wouldn't be any. It's now dark outside. Right. You begin the process of starting at the first stone. Yep. And you're going to move from left to right or from right to left? Yeah, clockwise. Okay, you move clockwise. So I need a 
roll from you for setting the stone. Uh, that is a 30 out of 51, 53, okay. yeah. So, yeah. That's success. The first stone you set in place comes from China. Yep. The wall itself. And as you set it in its spot, you have to kind of position it, and then it's a process of carefully pegging it in place, and then using tools to drive it into the fascia here. Yep. And then working over and around to blend that so that way it looks natural. Natural. Relatively speaking. Yeah. It, the process takes a good half an hour. Yep. Um, it is not a quick process at all. But you feel good about the first one. Oh, yeah. I, I've done good work. And then you move to the next to one. To the next one. How many of these stones are there? There are five. Okay. Uh, that's an 11. That is an excellent success. Very good. Let's get to the next one. This one from the Vatican. Mm-hmm. You place the stone from the Vatican. It looks like on the paperwork here it says that it was from St. Peter's Church. This is very sacrilegious, or it would be if I if I was a Catholic. Yeah. Luckily, you're Lutheran. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah whatever. You kind of um, chuckle. symbols mean nothing to me. You, uh, you chuckle a bit, thinking uh, what Martin Luther might think if you were doing this. He'd probably oh. pat you on the back. Oh, yeah. Mm. And you said it really well. You feel very confident about it. It looks even better than the last one that you did. Uh, moreover, the process goes relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. You realize that moving these stones around and kind of positioning them into place, you're getting a little tired. It's, a, it's, it's, it's hard work. Not that you're alien to hard work. No. But you didn't realize how much actual physical exertion it was going to take you to hold up a 5 or 10 pound stone while you yeah. by yourself. You're doing all this by yourself. I will call up to Gus mm-hmm. and see if he can send down some uh, coffee and, and something to eat. Uh, yes, sir. What would you like? Uh, just any anything good and solid. He, uh, calls out to one of the workers, Jerome, head out in the shop there and uh, get uh, get the Mr. Here a couple of bacon sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Oh, Five or ten minutes later. Hopefully they're not from the swift packing plant. <laughs> <laughs> Five or ten minutes later, yep. uh, he comes back with what you would consider lunch. Uh, he just calls down from the top of the steps and says, uh, the food's here. Okay. I climb up. Uh, you see, he's got a, a, a brown paper bag. Yep. It's got a couple of sandwiches in it, and then uh, it looks like uh, he's gotten some coffee for you. Gus, you're a good man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this, this is it's a lot harder than I thought it would be. <sighs> uh, I can't imagine. Yeah. Hopefully everything's going all right. So far, so far. Hopefully, I'll have this done in a couple more hours, and then it'll just be sitting and waiting mm. for it to cure. We uh, we heard we heard some pounding going on down there. You, everything okay then? Everything is everything is wonderful. Thank you. Uh, no, it's just some things that he wanted done. 
with foundation before it cures. And so he sent me to do it. All right. Mm-hmm. Gus kind of steps back and you see him head back towards the, the gate. You're in the yep. tent, as it were, with the table. The sandwiches are excellent. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure where he got them from, but uh, it's hard to, to say no to a, a real nice Actually, sandwich. I'm kind of excited to get this done quickly, and I also know that the sooner I get it set, the sooner I can get out of the hole and sit and just watch the hole, which mm-hmm. will be the easy part. So I will um, actually, after I get the Joe and the sandwiches, I'll take a bite of the sandwich, of course, but then I'll go back down in the <laughs> hole. Trying to get the work done. Yep. Uh, you check your um, kind of visual clock a bit and then yep. maybe a, a watch and you realize it's just about on to 8 o'clock now. Yep. Hopefully I'll have this wrapped up by 10 o'clock or so. Okay. Um, then, you can you continue to work. You get the third stone and then the fourth stone in. Between the two, it probably takes you a little over an hour to do them. Yep. Um, it's the fifth stone that seems to be a little bit difficult. It's a stone that where they talk about it being against the wall, the stone is actually a bit of a... It, it's a cornerstone. So it has a bit of a edge to a it. natural edge to it, and the where the colonels asked it to be, it doesn't really properly fit. Now, if you moved over five or ten feet, you might be able to get to a, a corner of the actual foundation portion down here, and then easily sink it in. But where he wants it, it's going to be a challenge. Well. The key thing is, is that um, the thing is, is I don't want to piss him off. That's and, very true. And he's just the sort of man who would come down and double check just to. He does. He does have a reputation of being very uh, persnickety. Yes, absolutely. Yes, that's so, well known. So if you're going to set it where he's asked you, go ahead and make that roll. <laughs> Twenty-two, a hard success. Very good. You set the stone in place, and as you're driving it in and kind of molding the area around it, a gust of wind picks up through here, and then whoops, the paperwork that you have laying on uh, some of the wood, just kind of in all manner of directions. Uh, but you get it set. Yep. And then you kind of step back and look around, and then you seem to think that everything is set properly. I take one more look at everything just to make sure that everything is in its place and mm-hmm. proper. Um, I go gather the drawings. Mm-hmm. I put those together. I reattach the uh, thing to the box so the box can come out of here. Yeah, the lid. Yep. And okay. yeah, I reattach the lid and then put the sling around it sure. um, so I can get it out of the hole. Climb back up the scaffolding. I'm a bit tired. Oh yeah, this has been this has been four hours of solid labor. Yep. Yeah, no, it's not not necessarily heavy, but very exacting. When you get up to the top, back to ground level. Yep. Uh, you see, Gus and a couple of the other men are huddled near the tent. And you hear the bells of some of the cathedrals downtown ring. It looks like it's about 10 o'clock. Yeah. So I uh, wander over. 
They seem very scared. What's going on, Gus? Uh, uh, we heard... Uh, I heard strange noises coming from down there. It sounded like an animal was down there. Are you okay? Uh, everything's fine. There was a gust of wind, but that was about it. Oh, Lord, I hope this building isn't going to howl when we go up. No, it'll be fine. That's that's fine work you guys are doing down there. <sighs> Thank you, sir. Uh, we, uh... Uh, you gonna stay the night then? Yes, we're going to stay the night. <laughs> he uh, he seems to uh, smile a bit uh, widely as to try to reassure himself. Uh, all right then. Uh, um, all we need is really basically to watch the hole, make sure nothing falls in. <laughs> That's pretty much it. It's not hard, you know. Make sure nobody gets in here and tries to dump anything down in the hole. Make sure nobody falls down in there and, you know, messes with the curing process, and then everything is fine. Hmm. By the time, by the time uh, uh, Maze gets back, everything will be great. Yes, sir. All right. They, they, uh... Now, who's got carts? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see one of the, the men, uh, one of Gus's men holds up a... A deck of cards, and they start pushing some things aside on the yep. on the table here in the military tent, and yep. start fanning them out and yep. playing cards. It's a fine, fine thing. Miss O'Shea, there are a few things left for you to prepare beyond the trunk that you'll have for clothes uh, and the books and everything else you bring. Is there anything specific you're not bringing? Not bringing. Oh, my paper. Mm. Yeah, I think I'll leave my papers. Which papers? Um, the ones that we picked up um, throughout our investigation. Ah, yes. So the uh, the sheaves of paper, the spell paper. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those I'm going to hide. Between some books mm-hmm. in the library. Seems reasonable. I don't want them to, like, go missing. Sure. <laughs> I'm paranoid now. <laughs> I can't imagine why. Other than that... Mm, I don't think there's anything I'm not taking. Because oh. I have my bag, which I picture as more like a... Like a shoulder, you know, messenger bag that has my two books that I always have with me for my father, mm-hmm. my ritual dagger, my, it'll have the tome and like any other materials. Sure. Your uh, bag de occultists. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You have all your stuff prepared. You head to sleep. Upon waking the next morning early... Um, you're outside and ready when Jimmy arrives in the early in the morning. He picks up your trunk. Morning. Morning. He gets it settled in the car. Just uh, go ahead and hop in and uh, we'll be off to go as soon as you can. Um, also, I'm very sorry to report I have not heard from Doyle. I do not know where he is at. Yeah, I haven't been able to track him down either. He was working a case. He was looking for this uh, this dame. I I yeah. don't even know her name. I can't remember her name. He he told me what she looked like at one point. 
and uh, I had a tip for him. I heard something, and I wanted to get it to him. I'll keep looking. Get the, he's got to turn up somewhere. Yeah, he's got to be around here somewhere. Let's get you to the train station. You drive for a good 15 or 20 minutes. Traffic is pretty light given how early it is that you're leaving. Um, when you arrive at the train station, you pay for and pick up your ticket. And then the porter's there. Take your suitcase and set it on and get it where it needs to go. Jimmy doesn't so much see you off as he makes sure that you get on the train. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's it's early, about 6.30 or so in the morning in Chicago when you pull out of the station. Headed east. Same direction that so many people have gone recently, actually. Hmm. Yeah, and I will, uh, all the boring moments on the train, I'll probably be researching the tome, what I can, like reading over it, Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, reading over any of my other books and, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's more than enough in that tome to use as a reference point to uh, try to dissect what's actually in it. Mm -hmm. Um, As you get further and further into it, you realize it's probably going to take you a little longer than you thought to get through all the workings so as a former study hound you just kind of dig in and start taking notes and start using your reference material it it takes probably until about 9 a.m until you curse yourself and think i should have brought this book because i know that there's something in dad's library in this book that i could reference if i just had it yeah um but the train ride itself is it's pretty easy going for the most part. You stop along the way in places like Cleveland. Uh, you stop uh, on the route and a couple of other places. But over the next day or so, you eventually arrive in Boston. Um, you get changed out onto a train that's going to head to Arkham. And after that, we'll, we'll probably sit you there for the most part this evening on the train to Arkham. Okay. Okay. I will be studying. You will be. All right, Mr. Forsyth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you play cards for a good couple of hours. Uh, while there's no proper music here or radio, you do uh, get the on and off music that's playing from one of the radios that's downtown. Mm-hmm. So you learn a lot about the workers that they've picked up for this job. Yeah. Most of them are from the South. Mm-hmm. Most of them came up here a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them maybe four or five years ago. Uh, they kind of just took whatever job they could. The, uh, the economy dried up in the South a little bit. Yep. And they came here to try to make a better life. Yep. And most of them are tradesmen. Know, either in the construction trade or uh, they build houses. They basically take whatever job they can get. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Gus and his, his folks seem to be... Solid. Yeah, for sure. They're, they're decent people. Mm-hmm. Uh, moreover, uh, from the stories they recant to you about other building projects they've been on, they've actually been a part of more than a few building projects here in Chicago that you knew about. Oh, yeah. Um it isn't until about 11.30-ish or so mm-hmm. uh, at night, about an hour and a half into it, uh, I'm going to have you make a, a listen roll. Okay. 
this, uh, this is not going to go well, probably. Oh, I missed it by three. Oh. Mm. I will spend because, you know. Because it is inevitable. It is inevitable. I've still got more than half my luck left. I'm fine. Sure you are. <laughs> You'll be fine, promise. So. You are playing guards and going back and forth with Gus and his guys for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you hear the definitive creak of wood as if something is opening. Something on the fence, boys. They pop up. Let's go look. I pop up my electric torch. Uh, it looks like one of them has a lantern. They start fanning out over the construction site trying to locate it. Did I hear what direction it was coming from? It could be north. North and east is where the actual gate opens up at. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely in the northern section of the build. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's uh, head that way. All right, you head that way. Gus and his guys go left around this section of the foundation. You and one other guy go right. Mm-hmm. And as you get near where the gate is, give me a spot hidden roll. No. Okay. Might as well just for... Uh, the guy you're with stops dead in his tracks. He says, uh, uh, Mr. Forsyth, look at that gate. And he points to the gate. And you see just the briefest narrow line of light that can get through it now. Mm-hmm. Somebody's been in here. He goes He goes over to the gate mm-hmm. and you see that uh, there was a simple mechanical uh, metal latch that mm-hmm. held the gate shut and yeah. it looks like that latch has been opened at one point. From the inside? It's, it's open. Mm-hmm. Right? He turns to you. I have no idea how they could have gotten this. It was, it was easily latched. They'd had to have arms along in tree trunks. Let's go back. Check check the foundation. You want to continue running that Norville line to meet up with Gus? Is that what you want to do, or you want to go down? I want to send him mm-hmm. to tell Gus. To head back and look at the uh, and send uh, two guys back to look at the foundation. Sure. And uh, and Gus and two others uh, walk the fence. Make sure there's no other openings. Okay. Yep. And he nods and heads off. Mm-hmm. And I will go back by myself because I'm dumb. <laughs> back. Back to the foundation. The stone settings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Getting down there is not hard because uh, the, the stairs you used previously are obviously still the wood. They're made of wood, but they're yeah. still there. Uh, you head back down the uh, the stairway and then hook right, and then begin walking the long board process back to the foundational area. Yep, and I'm checking flashlight left, right, left and right, trying to suss yep. out if anybody's down here. Mm-hmm. You're actively hunting for something 
your brain is telling you that there's something down here. It's almost as if you're back in Panama again. Mm-hmm. And you can feel that same sort of adrenaline during a, a really surgically important part of the build process that something has to happen. Yep. And so you get that rush in your bones again. And as you get back towards the main area, the area where you set the stones at, mm-hmm. you flash your torch across each one, just individually making sure that they're all still there. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to give me a spot hidden. No. 76 out of uh, 34. You double check each stone. You begin working clockwise, just as you did before. Mm -hmm. Clockwise around the section. One, two, three, four. As you turn to get to the fifth stone, Mm -hmm. something hammers you in the back of the head. And the lights go out. The last fleeting conscious thought you have is the feeling of wood and then concrete foundation as it presses up against your cheek. Yeah. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where we'll call this session this evening. At least you're getting good sleep, right? Um, yeah. How many points of damage do I take from that? <laughs> oh, we'll talk about it. <laughs>